Welcome back to a Sunday Snippets and the All Things Twin Flames podcast. This is an episode that I have been looking forward to. I think it's really important not to just combat traditional spirituality or religion, but to actually explore the, the stories in the Bible and to see what messages they have for us today. Okay, so I invite you right now to just be in a silent place and get in contact right now. Tune into your soul. Get in contact, get in touch with that inner silence, that inner God and goddess that resides within you. They say that in everything and everywhere, there is a silence. So right now, I want you to tune into that silence. And when you're plugged into that silence, that is where you find joy, that is where you find happiness, that is where you find stillness, that is where you find serenity. So today's Sunday snippet brings us to the book of Genesis. And we're going to be talking about the story of Jacob and Esau. I love this story when I was a kid. I thought it was so devious. I thought it was so intricate. I thought it was very suspenseful. And so if you don't have any background about the story, I'm going to give you a brief overview. Okay. Um, so Isaac, which is the dad, is blind and he's going to give a blessing to one of his sons. He has two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Esau is the more rugged character. He is red haired and he likes to be outdoors. And then there's Jacob. Jacob is softer, a little more feminine, and he is a little more emotional. Yeah, he's the younger brother. And you see this trope in the Bible a lot. The younger brother, more loved by the father, right? You see it in Cain and Abel, right? You see it in Joseph and his brothers where he was the youngest one. And then uh, when Joseph's brothers came to visit him, Benjamin was the more loved one. So the younger brother is usually the more loved. And we'll go into why in a bit. So e Isaac, as he was going to pass away, became very blind and old and he wanted to give a blessing. And what happened was Jacob stole Esau's blessing. He pretended to be Esau and he put uh, animal hair on his body and he stole the blessing. Now, what's interesting is the mother of Jacob, Rebecca, helped Jacob steal the blessing. How devious. What does this all mean? And when I was a kid, you know, I was just trying to figure out what, why. You know, what's, what's the meaning? What's the symbolism behind all this? And finally, I have an answer for you. And I want to, more than anything, just walk you through the spiritual significance of what is taking place. Okay? So Isaac represents the mind. Represents the mind. Then Esau represents the left side of the brain, which is lower vibrational, which is more in tune with animalistic pleasures, right? That's why they say Esau was very animalistic. Jacob represents the spiritual side of the brain, the right side of the brain. And then Rebecca represents the spirit. The mother of Jacob represents the spirit. And so what this verse or what this story in the Bible is saying is that you have to steal the blessing from your mind. The right side of your brain has to steal the blessing by tricking your mind. In order for you to receive the blessing, you have to trick the mind so it goes to the spiritual, not the physical. What does this mean? I know I'm talking a little esoteric and ethereal. This is talking about manifestation. 
You have to trick your mind that what you want is already here. That blessing you want to receive from the Father. You have to convince yourself that it is here. You have to go not into the physical, not into the lower mind that says, no, there's, it's not here. It only sees with its two eyes. It lives in fear and scarcity. It doesn't believe that good things will happen to it. You have to go to the right side. You have to trick your mind. You have to do manifestation techniques. You have to do visualization techniques. You have to encode within yourself and reprogram the subconscious mind. This is what this verse is saying. For you to receive the blessing from the Father, for you to permanently live in that state and your mind is activated and it's shining and it's being used for good and it's not being hacked by the lower pleasures of just wanting to eat, chill, and be lazy. You have to tell yourself that what you want is already here. Again, in order for you to receive that next blessing, you have to trick your mind so it goes to the spiritual, so it goes to the right side and doesn't fall prey to the left. And it's so difficult, right? Because there's a war between your left side and your right side. Jacob and Esau, they had a tension. They had a struggle. Cain and, uh, Abel and Cain, right? Cain eventually killed Abel. There's always war between your left side and your right side. Your two eyes say, Ugh, my twin flame's not here. My twin flame's never coming. The right side of your brain says, what are you talking about? It's already here. So there's this internal an eternal struggle between the carnal and the divine. There's a struggle for superiority in your consciousness. Romans chapter 8 verse says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. The carnal mind, the left side of the brain, is hostile to God. It's hostile to all things spirituality. So when you're in the lower mind and you're telling yourself, my, 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 twin, my twin flame is never going to come back. I can never be abundant. I just don't deserve that kind of life. That is in conflict with the laws of God. And the law of God is love. So we have this conflict with the lower flesh and the divine self. Okay. Now let's uh, read part of this uh, passage. So here we are in Genesis chapter 27, verse 41, because just reading the passage helps give context to everything I'm saying. It says, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. Held a grudge. Your left side holds a grudge against the right. Just feel into that sentence real quick. The lower side of yourself, the animalistic side, the one that lives in fear, holds a grudge against the right. It says, ah, that, that little bugger, it thinks it's so slick. It thinks it's right all the time, but it's not, right? And that's why you see this conflict displayed in the 3D between religious folk and spiritual folk, people who are into manifestation and aren't into manifestation, people who are into tarot and divin divination and crystals and people who are not. There is a grudge between the left and the right. There is a war, right? Esau held a grudge against Jacob. Next verse, or next sentence rather. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Again, like I said, this is a continuation of Cain and Abel. Esau wanting to kill the right side of the brain. 
wanting to kill Jacob. This is a story about the lower self versus the higher self, right? And so what's interesting, like I said, is that Rebecca, the mother who represents spirit, right? Whenever you see in biblical text, the mind, the carnal mind, it represents masculinity, right? Or if you see a male figure, it represents the mind. Adam is mind. Adam, which translates to mental, equals mind. And then Eve is the flesh. It's the spirit, right? So once there's a touch or contact from the spirit, Jacob, the right side of the brain or the mind, contacting the spirit, it will infuriate the left side of the brain. So what does the spirit tell Jacob? Verse 43. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Now, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother in Haran. The inner conflicts and agitation that you feel during your manifestation process brings you to a point of spiritual awareness where the spirit within you says, you must flee, you must arise. What this is saying is you must separate for this war to end, you must separate. You must divorce yourself. You must get up and rise out of the situation. You need to completely separate from the left side of your brain. Hence meditation. And where does she say to go? Right, so let me pull up the verse. She says, flee at once to my brother Laban and Haran. Okay. So Laban means white. You look it up. I looked it up for you. There's a lot of Hebrew translators here in Google. Laban means white. Haran means mountain. Go to the white mountain, which is what? A symbol of higher places of divine consciousness where there's no strain or stain of thought. Look, for you to ascend, for you to really take on this spiritual journey, there's a part of you that just needs to separate from your mind, that needs to separate completely from the ego, that needs to not give into your lower desires that say, hey, you're not here, you're not good for anything. And we'll go into why this is so important in a bit. Okay, actually, we can do it now. But first, I'm going to say the reason it's important to separate is because a lot of us, we like to live in that conflict we like to sulk in the conflict of, is this my twin flame? Is it not? Is it my twin flame or is it not? Because we fear taking control over our life. We fear the simplicity of life. We fear the happiness that we might receive. There's a part of us that just is so conditioned and familiar with the conflict of living in limbo. Now's the time to be free. If you're listening to this, I want you to live freely. I want you to be out of your mind. I want you to be in your spirit. You've been living in your mind all your life. Now is the time to separate yourself completely, to stop doubting yourself, stop doubting your connection, stop doubting your intuition. Let me read you verse 45. This hit me like a ton of bricks. Verse 45, when your brother is no longer angry with you, this is Rebecca talking. This is your spirit talking. Okay. When your brother is no longer angry with you, Esau, right, and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? 
Why should I lose both of you in one day? If you do not separate, you're going to destroy yourself. If you do not separate, you will literally lose everything in your life. Why? If you are intermingling with that lower self, that lower self that thinks you're you're no good, that lower self that says, I'm not worth anything, that lower self that it lives in anger. Think about how much rage is represented in Esau and Cain, right? Cain kills Abel. Esau has this grudge against Jacob and wants to kill him. Says, the days of my father mourning are near. I'm going to kill my brother. And you see this all the time. People with suppressed grief, people who don't go, don't go to their spiritual self. They have this internal, boiling, silent rage within them. And if it goes unchecked for too long, they end up doing something so stupid, so utterly stupid. We know someone who gets so triggered, who gets set off, or who's gotten set off by their anger, and it destroyed their entire life. And that's why Rebecca says, I do not want to lose both of you in one day. I do not want you to lose your life. Please separate from your lower mind. If you don't, if you don't do this inner work, if you don't see the beauty of living within the right side of your brain where there is no thought and you live in that perfection consciousness of Christ consciousness, you will destroy yourself. It is a ticking time bomb and you need to hear this. The longer you stay living in pleasure, you will cause yourself dis-ease. You will manifest a situation where life will <laughs> life will wake you up. And this is why the twin flame separation happens. It is a wake-up call. And I promise you, if you do not obey and go to the right side of your brain where there is love, abundance, peace, and you're living in that lower vibration of fear, scarcity, which is not your truth. And the universal consciousness and vibration is always increasing. Something, quote unquote, bad will happen, which will trigger you and upset you and cause you to freak out because it's showing you that you're not living in congruence with the truth of who you are. And I want you to think about how this Esau nature, this left side of our brain has taken over us. Think about it in a collective level. How has Esau, how's the lower self that we've entertained for so long taken over? Well, we have things like child pornography and no one really talks about it. We have things like sex trafficking. We have things like animal suffering. And look, I'm not a big vegan person. I'm not a big animal rights person. But do you see how we treat animals that we eat? And I, I eat meat. But there's no reason for us to treat animals the way that we do. And not only collectively, think about how the, the lower self has taken over our own lives. And we do things from a place of greed. And we overindulge. And we're codependent on people. And we think that, hey, nothing's going to work out for us. So I'm just going to take from other people. I'm just going to be greedy. Because life isn't going to give to me. It's sad. There's another warning here that I want to get into. And this warning has to do with a phrase in the Bible that says, or that is called the strange woman. Okay. It says the strange woman. 
And so I want to take you to Genesis 24, verse 3, okay, because it's alluded to a lot. Um, but what it is, it's a warning from a father figure to the son that says, hey, don't marry that woman from that tribe, okay? So Abraham in chapter in uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 3 says, he says to his son Isaac, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife from the daughters of the Canaanites. Promise me you will not get a wife from the Canaanites. Okay? And we'll go into why that is. Proverbs chapter 2 talks about this. It says, To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which even from the stranger with flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her path unto the dead. None that go into unto her again, neither take, take they hold off the paths of life. I butchered that. But I'm just going to repeat this verse 18. Proverbs 2 verse 18. For her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. What is this talking about? So going back to our little story, verse chapter uh, chapter 27, verse 46, Rebecca says, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, my life will not be worth living. Wow. What's up with wives from certain areas? What did, what's this talking about? Why is there such this disregard for women in a certain area? Does it have to do with actual women? No, this is this is talking about women have to do with emotions. What this is saying is do not marry someone from a certain, a female from a certain region. It's saying do not intercourse with emotions of your lower mind. Do not invest emotionally into your lower self. You see, we're talking right now right? On a very mental level, just speaking about things intellectually, right? Lower mind versus higher mind. Lower mind, which is just all about the flesh, higher mind about the spirit. What this is saying is once you become emotionally involved with your flesh, once you start to invest your emotions, once you start living in the emotion of feeling sorry for yourself, that's how you know you've tipped over. When your emotions tell you, I can't have my twin flame. I'm not worthy of it. And it's not even something you think, but it's something you feel. This is saying, do not become emotionally involved with the drama of the lower mind. Rebecca says, or else my life will not be worth living. If you intercourse with the left side of your brain, your life will not be worth living. You will be in the emotional vibration, emotional resonance of victim mentality, of not enoughness, right? That's probably not even a word. <laughs> but okay, so going back to our story, now we are in Genesis chapter 28. Okay, so let's see how this story progresses. Verse 2. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. 
Okay? And he commanded him. Oh, here comes the command again. Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Do not marry a strange woman. Do not intercourse with the lower side of your emotions. Right? By the way, this has to do with the feminine template. There's two sides of the feminine template. You've heard me talk about this before, I think. The wounded feminine and the divine feminine. The wounded feminine is lustful. The wounded feminine gives into pleasure. Right? So within the the feminine energies, there are aspects. There are lower aspects and higher aspects. He's saying, do not invest your emotions with the lower self because then you're screwed. Your life won't be worth living. You will be so emotionally caught up in a reality that is not true that you will paint it to yourself as true. And he says, go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethwell. Take a wife for yourself there. He's saying, take a wife, marry someone in Padan Aram. Now, I looked this up. And again, I encourage you, if you're listening to this, just research this yourself. Genesis chapter 28, verse 2, because I'm not telling you things that I haven't looked up. Even if I've listened to it in the lecture, I'll still research it myself. Do you know what Padan Aram means? And I'm looking at a literal translation from this Hebrew translator. Padan Aram means to be high. It means a high place. So what he's saying is flee unto the high place. Bring your emotions to the higher place. Don't stay in the lower place. Go to the high place. And Bethwell. What's Bethwell? Genesis chapter 28, verse 2. Bethwell. What's Bethwell? Bethwell means virgin. He's saying, take a wife from the daughters of Laban, of Laban. Okay? Take a wife from the desires of the pure mind. Start intercoursing with the feminine principle of spirit. Padan Aram. Go to the high place. Why? Because when you go within and you direct your energy upward, your life will ascend. Your life will get better. Everything in you will start manifesting a reality of love, of abundance, and joy. We talked about this. And what's interesting is we know this. This is not, this is not anything new. This is ancient wisdom. But the thing is, this is just common sense now in, in today's world. Psychiatrists know this. Psychologists know this. Scientists know this. They know to meditate. They know that if you invest your emotions and that you live in the world that you think of and you live in the world that you feel, and once you do the emotional healing and you practice meditation and you trick your mind and you go to the right side of your brain and you say your chants or you do your subliminals or you listen to your chakra healing music like I'm doing right now, life will improve drastically. But we don't talk about this in church. Yet this is common sense in our collective. But there's no awareness of meditation. There's no discussion about the importance of meditation or going within yourself or quieting yourself or disobeying the lower self and going and, and, and following the right side of the brain. We don't talk about this in church. So, he says, take a wife for yourself there among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. And we talked about how Laban represents, what did we say Laban represented? Let me check my notes real quick. Laban re represents white, right? 
go to the place of purity, right? Take a daughter from a pure mind. Okay, so now where are we? Verse 10. Now we're going to go into an interesting portion of this story. And this is where this story sort of diverges. Okay, so I'm going to read to you verse 10. And this is Jacob's dream. Okay, he has a dream known as Jacob's Ladder. You've probably seen Jacob's Ladder at a gym where you put on this harness and you're ascending up some ladder architecture type structure thing. Um, okay, so I'll just read it to you. Okay, so taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I'm going to repeat to you this portion of the verse in verse 12. The angels of God were ascending and descending on the ladder. What is this talking about? Ascending and descending. The most important spiritual concept is right here. What this is talking about is evolution, ascension, and involution, things going down. Jesus comes down and goes back up. He descends onto earth, reigns, and does his ministry, and then he ascends. The sun comes down and goes back up. Energy comes down through the solar plexus chakra, and it intersperses through the nervous system and then it comes back up through kundalini angels come down angels go up the ladder what is the ladder it is representative of the connection of the divine and the body what jesus being coming down to earth resurrecting what this really means and this is an extension from the last podcast is this chrism christ represents the chrism, which is this life oil, which is produced from the claustrum in the brain. And this is secreted by the part of the brain, the, cere the cerebral spinal fluid, from which is called the portion of uh, the pia mater, the tender mother, the outside of the brain. It's called the pia, the pia mater, which means tender mother or virgin mother. And it goes down the body. It goes down the spinal cord which is representative of being baptized into the river of Jordan, right? So Jesus crucified at the age of 33 represents the 33 vertebrae. And when the spinal fluid comes back up, it crosses the arbor vitae of the cerebellum and later returns to the third ventricle where it resurrects. Jesus crucified at 33 represents, like I said, the 33 vertebrae in the spine, and through meditation and kundalini, the cerebral spinal fluid or the chrism rises back up the spinal canal and touches the pineal gland, the third ventricle. It goes into the third eye, the pineal gland. And once this chrism, the life oil, goes into the pineal gland, it opens you up to the right side of the brain and summer comes into your life metaphorically. This is what the Bible is saying. Claustrum, by the way, which secretes the chrism is where we get Santa Claus. Santa Claus coming down the chimney, bringing gifts. Is what happens through Kundalini awakening. That life oil coming down your spinal cord. 
resting in the solar plexus, interspersing through the nervous system, and then coming back up, crossing the arbor, the arbor vitae, and then resting in the pineal gland, and it's poured onto the pineal gland, and it bursts open with light. That is the process of spiritual ascension. And you might have heard that before. But when the chrism, the life oil, touches the pineal, and the oil is poured onto the stone, it creates this holy place within you, where you now, your pineal gland is open, and you can see things that you haven't been able to before. And you can connect with the divine. And you can go to the top of the ladder where God ascends. It is so important to look into what everything means in the Bible. What places are called. Genesis chapter 32, verse 30. This doesn't have to do with the, the story that we're looking at, but it says, Jacob called the mountain Peniel because there he saw the face of God. And the only reason I bring that up is because we are talking about the pineal gland and the Bible is too. <laughs> and people actually put oil on their heads thinking it's going to do something when it just makes your forehead slippery. This anointing of oil, what this means is the life oil within you. And it descends and it rests in the solar plexus and then through kundalini it can ascend back up and have that crucifixion and then resurrect into your pineal gland. So going back to the story, verse 19, where's verse 19? Or verse 18, rather. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. This is exactly what we are talking about. He poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Lutz. <laughs> Do you know what this means? Because I looked it up. Lutz. Let's talk about what is Lutz. Used to call the place Lutz. Okay. Lutz, L-U-Z, means nut tree. And nut was the Egyptian sky goddess, this goddess of the mind. The goddess of the mind. Nut was the Egyptian sky goddess. Look it up. And the goddess of the mind becomes Bethel, which means the house of God. Because once you ascend, once you concentrate that life oil and you meditate and you bring that energy up the spinal cord, through meditation, and you're starting this kundalini awakening, and your mind is overcome with this life oil, and you start seeing things differently, you start living in a higher vibration. Within you creates a house of God, meaning, what is what do we call house of God? We call it a church. What is a church? A temple. A temple. What does Mark chapter 14, verse 58 say? I'm going to pull it up right now because you need to see this. Mark 14, Mark 14. I thought I already pulled it up, but apparently I didn't. So bear with me one moment. Mark 14. He talks about the temple made without hands. Um, I want you to see this or listen to this. So 
Mark 14, verse 58. Thank you for your patience. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. <laughs> what What is the temple not made with hands? Your mind, people. We heard him say, this is Jesus talking, I will destroy this temple made with human hands. I said on TikTok, Jesus was anti-religion. People were like, Jesus is not anti-religion. Every time he comes across a structure, he says, not one stone will be left of this place. He said that, okay? Look, look, that, look that verse up. I can't quote it off the top of my head right now. But, and here he says, I will destroy this temple made with human hands and in three days will build another not made with hands, meaning the temple in your mind. To sum it all up, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, just so it is clear. This is straight from the Bible. Straight from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? To create this house of God, you have to go into the process of meditation so angels or this claustrum, or this chrism oil can ascend and descend and ascend back and forth up your spinal vertebrae. And your pineal gland will burst open. You'll have so many insights about who you really are. And it will decalcify and you will see and witness and be a participant in God's temple, the temple not made with human hands. As it says here, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. Where does God's spirit dwell? Does it, does it dwell in the church? No, it dwells in the temple, not made with human hands, which is you. God's spirit dwells within you. But you have to go through the process of tricking your lower mind and saying, no, you say I can't have what I want. You say I have to live in fear. And we are conditioned by two things in this world, fear and scarcity. So we all think we can't have what we want. We all think that we just have to struggle and survive. And none of us are living in that vibration of love and service, which is the right side of the brain. Because once you start to meditate, you become useful for the world. You become a vessel for the world. So this is a story of Jacob and Esau. I'm just looking over my notes. I'm pretty sure this is this is the conclusion. Verse 22, just to wrap it up. And the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. The stone, the pineal stone, the pineal gland will be a set up as a pillar for God's house. Because when you go into that place, you create a covenant with God. You create a sacred place where only you and God dwell. So, Twin Flame, I trust that this has been immensely helpful. I hope that you have been well. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.